0: Welcome to Making Sense of the Madness. I am Jason Burma sitting in for Sean Morgan. And today we are joined by Thomas Wrens talking about mRNA being covertly put into our food supply. But first, Josh Yoder of USFreedomFlyers.org stands up to authoritarian mandates. It's Making Sense of the Madness back after this.
1: Commercial air travel in the United States has long been the safest in the world. So safe you never think about it. When was the last time a big jet crashed in this country? What, October 2001? Decades ago. But like so much else, that began to change immediately after Joe Biden became president. Biden imposed the principles of equity on the airlines. And that meant dramatically lowering hiring standards for pilots and for air traffic controllers. And disgracefully, the airlines went along with it. Result? There have been several near disasters in aviation recently, with hundreds of lives at stake in each case. Last Wednesday, for example, a United flight was coming in for a landing at Bush Intercontinental Airport in Houston. The aircraft was low enough that passengers could clearly see the runway. Right before landing, a plane on the ground taxied out into the path of the United flight. The pilot aborted the landing so dramatically that people on board were terrified. It was another near miss at an American airport though this one never made the news. What's happening here? We wanted to know what is going on in commercial aviation. Clearly, something is. So we reached out to someone who's flown for the airlines for many years. The following account was written in December by a veteran United Airlines pilot. Under its woke CEO, Scott Kirby, United Airlines has allowed politics and racialist ideology to trump safety concerns. According to this pilot, who works for Scott Kirby right now, Those decisions have put the lives of passengers in grave danger. Quote, Name Redacted just told me about a B777 off Maui that almost crashed two nights ago. Both pilots became disoriented and pulled out of a dive 300 feet above the water, pulling two and a half Gs. I'm just home from Denver Training Center. There's some real horror stories out there about United. But management is hell-bent on just ignoring what is going on. The investigation is still ongoing, but the captain of the Maui flight was brand new there was a new hire first officer, and my understanding is that we almost lost an airplane for no good reason. Both have been sent back to go through the four week course. The new hire here on my fleet is a nightmare. It took him 50 hours to get through initial operating experience. Worse yet, talking to his instructor, out of his 25 landings in the simulator, 15 ended up in the dirt. Not one of them was on the center line of the runway. They said his radio work was like that of a private pilot. He has no situational awareness. I'm jump-seating to SFO right now. A United B777 first officer is next to me. She said the training is totally inadequate for new hires. Her husband helps train them at United's in-house pilot academy, Aviate. He's constantly asking these kids who come in, has anyone told you what this is? Many have no idea what they're getting into. They're hiring people straight out of high school now. Zero aviation knowledge or desire. It's just about the money and adhering to ESG. End quote. And it's not just United. It's everywhere. Southwest Airlines' in-house pilot training program called Destination 225 has dramatically lowered its standards. Many of its graduates wind up working for a charter company called Swift Air, which is under contract from the Biden administration to fly illegal aliens around the country without the American population knowing about it. But other graduates wind up flying for Southwest Airlines. Last year, a newly hired first officer on a Southwest flight, formerly a flight attendant, hit the runway so hard on landing that a crew member was gravely injured. So this is what it looks like in real terms when you decide that identity is more important than aptitude in something critical like aviation. At some point, many people are going to die because of this. You should know that.
0: And unfortunately, it does seem to be a question of when and not if, as we are watching this industry, in my opinion, be destroyed by design. To discuss this and much more is Josh Yoder. He is the president and co-founder of USFreedomFlyers.org. And he is a pilot that has stood up to the authoritarian nature of the airline companies over the last several years with their mandates and is involved in tremendous legal battles. So we want to encourage you, first off, to donate to the cause. Josh, thank you so much
2: for joining us. Jason, thanks for having me on today.
0: Absolutely. So give my audience an idea of how you got involved in this and when you decided that you could no longer sit on the sidelines and really stand up to the large airline companies on behalf of the pilots and staff?
2: Well, Jason, for me, this really started back in August of 2021. It was before there was actually a federal mandate, but we saw what Scott Kirby did over at United Airlines. Without federal pressure, he actually already came out with a vaccine mandate there. And a few friends and I, we started talking, and we decided that we had to do something about it. And it's a good thing that we did, um, because the the pressure from the airlines was absolutely relentless in the fall of 2021. We were told um, explicitly that we would be terminated if we did not get vaccinated by November 24th. Uh, we stood up in force, you know, many of us, about 20 percent of people across the industry. We stood up to the airlines and it was that it was that pushback that we gave that truly um, that um, truly uh, put our you know, put our success on the map. Uh, because airlines can't afford to lose 15 to 20% of their workforce and still continue to operate. It's just a testament as to what happens when Americans stand together.
0: Absolutely. However, I do think that we are seeing some of the detrimental effects of that, as was illustrated in that Tucker Carlson clip and is also going to be illustrated in a further clip in the next segment. Do you think that this is being done by design? And if so, Why?
2: It almost does seem as if it's being done by design. You know, you look at Agenda 2030 and other things that that many people don't actually know about. Um, There's there's, um, language in there that they want to see a reduction of travel. You now see what's happening with 15-minute cities starting over in the U.K., uh, they're really looking to lock you down to ultimately control you, to control your finances. You look at the um, digital currencies they're trying to roll, uh, roll out currently. It's 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 all about control. This has nothing to do with, with your safety or your freedom. It's it's very anti-freedom. And that's why all we need all hands on deck right now. This isn't just an aviation issue. This is something that affects everyone, including the passengers and people on the ground.
0: Absolutely. And it's far from just an aviation issue. Now, you're a Eight year veteran, I believe, of the defense industry, but also an Army veteran as well. What would you say to your brothers and sisters within the military and the defense industry regarding this matter? How can they be effective? They were some of the most oppressed, especially when we're talking about the military.
2: They are. What we need from them is we need them to stand up on the inside. You saw so many uh, mid level commanders in the military, they just completely rolled over to the Biden administration and their superior commands when they came out with these unconstitutional vaccine mandates there. And there was a segment of that population that did stand up. They were very effective. They have made a lot of noise. They brought litigation. You, you've seen the injunctions that have been put into place to stop this. Uh, but it seems as if the military is being purged of conservative leadership, people that are willing to buck the status quo and not just go along with everything with unlawful orders, essentially, that are coming down from their superior commands. Uh, We need to see more of that, but there's been a concerted effort, um, as as Biden has even um, spoken about, about revolutionizing um, what we, you know, how the military operates. And we're certainly weaker than we were, you know, 20 years ago. And it's it's incredibly sad to see what's happening. I think that uh, citizens need to stand up and push back. It's it's coming down to the wire here. Uh, We we can't depend or we can't rely on the military to save us. It's not going to happen. The government is obviously bought and paid for. And just like uh, back in the early founding days of this country, it was average people who realized the responsibility, that they had a responsibility for their freedom, and they stood up. And I think that's where we are again.
0: Unfortunately, I think we're there as well. Let's discuss some of the disastrous effects, not side effects, in my opinion, but effects of these mandatory shots. Because if you're just listening to the mainstream media, they're acting as though this campaign was successful. And that what? That talking point of safe and effective was accurate. But inside the airline industry alone, there are alarming numbers, are there not?
2: There are. And, you know, so many people were coerced and threatened into getting the uh, into getting the shot back in the fall of 2021 before the airlines agreed to accept religious and medical exemptions. And now we're starting to see the fallout from that. You've seen all the near misses that we've had over the past three months. It's just been incredible. In the, in the month of March alone, we had seven in-flight incapacitations of uh, pilots. And then just uh, now in April, we've had a few others. There was a United flight um, going into San Francisco on April 4th. The captain became medically incapacitated uh, landing there. And previous to that, there was a there was a Southwest uh, captain that was incapacitated leaving Las Vegas about 30 minutes into that flight. And then only uh, about a week ago, there was a flight attendant. Um, same thing happened to her. Uh, that was an American Airlines flight landing in Charlotte. And these are just the ones that I hear about. I know that it's only the tip of the iceberg. There's far more happening uh, than than what you're hearing about in the media. Uh, But most concerning, I I received a text yesterday from a friend who works for, he's an air traffic controller out in California. And he said that in his sector alone, just um, since I believe it was May of 2021, he's had 200 cases, uh, medical diversions for heart attack and stroke. And these were all in people under the age of 40 years old. So these, these stats are, are obviously, uh, they, they're terrible. Uh, what's happening to passengers is, is happening to pilots and flight attendants and other people that are involved um, in protecting your safety.
0: Well, obviously and unfortunately, the airline industry has a massive amount of resources, monetary and otherwise. In fact, they have the resource of the mainstream mockingbird media and mainline uh, politicians What? Entrenching their narrative. Now, your organization, USFreedomFlyers.org, is obviously challenging that narrative, but it's not free. You're in big legal battles. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, our focus right now is bringing litigation against the Federal Aviation Administration. If they had done their job back in 2021, pilots wouldn't have never been allowed to take this medication. It states very clearly in their in their own uh, documentation that no pilot should be receiving medication until twelve months post full FDA approval, and it's for the, the very uh, purpose of ensuring there are no negative side effects which could affect the safety of flight. Unfortunately, the FAA caved to the pressure of the Biden administration coming out, and pilots were you know then allowed by the FAA to take the shot, which allowed the airlines to mandate it, and that's what we're seeing a fallout from now. Um Susan Northrup who's the federal air surgeon. Um she is the one who is ultimately responsible for the travesty that's happening now. Um Steve Kirsch has calls, called for her resignation. Uh, what we would like to what we would like to see from Susan Northrup is for her to actually take action to start looking into these vaccine injuries. We've had so many vaccine injured pilots who have reached out to her um, looking for help, uh, telling their stories, and she's just largely ignored them. She essentially says this isn't happening, pilots aren't being incapacitated. And the FAA did nothing wrong here. And so we, we believe that the time for dialogue is, o- is over. And the only way to move forward is to bring litigation, because if we can stop this shot for pilots um, and we can prove it's bad for pilots, that's also proving that it's, it's bad for the general population and especially for your kids. So that's where we are at, at U.S. Freedom Flyers. We need public donations right now. This is, um, you know, we're largely volunteer here at U.S. Freedom Flyers. And, and we're, we're bringing this litigation not only on behalf of the pilots, but on behalf of the flying public as well. We need your support.
0: Well, a precedent certainly has to be set, and I'm glad that you guys are fighting to set that precedent because it is dangerous not only for pilots, but the general population, but also that some people may be just flying with a pilot that has an incident with their heart. When we return, we're going to discuss usfreedomflyers.org more in length with Josh Yoder. Back after this. It's Making Sense of the Madness.
3: The world is about to shift. Banks are going cashless globally with the emergence of central bank digital currency, which will bring with it programmable money and the ability to turn on or off your purchasing power based on your digital social profile. It's like the equivalent of spyware in your bank account. You need to get out of the system with the world's safest and most private assets, silver and gold. Call Kirk Elliott, PhD, 720-605-3900.
4: The FAA and NTSB plan to investigate a near disaster at New York's JFK Airport. Two passenger planes almost collided, coming within 1,000 feet of each other. Here's ABC's Mona Sar Abdi from New York. Tonight, chaos in the cockpit as two planes nearly collide at New York's JFK Airport.
5: American 106 a possible pilot deviation. Copy?
4: Panicked air traffic controllers notice the two planes converging Friday around 8.45 p.m. According to the FAA, a Delta 737 headed to the Dominican Republic was getting ready to take off with 145 passengers and six crew members aboard. The Delta flight accelerating to 115 miles per hour down runway four left. Just as the Delta plane was about to take off, an American Airlines 777 jet bound for London crossed its path, the planes missing each other by just 1,000 feet. The Delta jet forced to abruptly abort takeoff, avoiding a potential deadly disaster.
2: Delta 1943, cancel takeoff
5: plans.
4: All right, and uh, woo, the Delta 1943.
0: Great job by the air traffic controller here who prevented what could have been the worst aviation disaster in American history.
4: Luckily, there are no reported injuries and the passengers on both flights continued on to their destinations. Delta Airlines releasing a statement saying in part, The safety of our customers and crew is always Delta's number one priority. We apologize to our customers for the inconvenience and delay of their travels. And the FAA has already launched an investigation into this near collision, and the NTSB plans to launch one as well. Lindsay? Mona, thank you. Hi,
2: everyone. George.
0: We are back, and that clip clearly illustrates that we're on the verge of a disaster. And it doesn't seem like there's going to be any accountability, unfortunately. In fact, You know, when they talk about launching an investigation, we've rarely seen any accountability at the upper levels. My question is to you, how do we get accountability? And as you were talking about before the break, you have all these pilots coming to you for help. What is the process in which they can get justice as they're often ignored by their bosses or people within the airline industry?
2: Well, the first thing we need to do is start is make changes in leadership at the top, starting with Pete Buttigieg, who is completely unqualified to leave the Department of Transportation. Um, He's inept on all levels. He has zero aviation experience. And it's it's very obvious, you know, and and what he's doing at DOT, the lack of oversight to the FAA and what's being allowed to happen there. As far as the pilots that are reaching out to me, you have to understand they're not coming forward to the companies. They're not coming forward to the FAA in large part. And letting them know they have these issues, it's because there's, there's um, punitive measures in place. If a pilot comes forward and states that they're having, you know, chest pain or neurologic dysfunction, which is a complaint I hear of frequently. Um, and we know that it's a side effect of these shots where pilots are having transient um, ischemic strokes. Um, which is, and and they're essentially spacing out for a few minutes at a time. You know, I don't know if that's what happened here, but we do know that's a side effect. I do know it's a common problem among pilots. And the issue is, is that there's no uh, program for amnesty at the FAA. They have created this problem, and now pilots are afraid to come forward for fear of losing their flight medicals.
0: Well, you talk about not only losing their uh, license, but really the economic impact of even taking time off because of these things not only puts their salary in jeopardy, but then it puts the lives of those on the plane in jeopardy. And this is kind of like a devil's bargain. How do you do the right thing? And that's why organizations like yours are so important. What are you doing right now currently at usfreedomflyers.org that the audience needs to know about outside of litigation?
2: So right now we're pushing for amnesty for these pilots who have been affected. The FAA has created this problem. Uh, This isn't something that the pilots did themselves. It's something that they were forced to do. And so the people who created the problem should also be creating the solution, uh, which is an amnesty program to where a pilot can come forward. And if they do need to receive medical care and and they do lose their flight medical as a result, it needs to be the perpetrators of this forced uh, vaccination program. Both the FAA and the airlines need to step forward and keep that pilot on at full pay. If there was that, if that type of program was in place, you would see far more people coming forward. Um, certainly, there needs to be additional testing. The the medical testing that the FAA currently does is not sufficient for the issues that we're seeing. Uh, but you know, we're U.S. freedom flyers, not, not U.S. mandate flyers. We don't want to, to mandate anything additional for pilots. Uh, but that's why the amnesty is so important. We, uh, we we need to we have the solutions. We have a large team of doctors who work with us. Um, this doesn't have to be a death sentence. It doesn't have to be a career ender. But unfortunately, the FAA and the airlines are ignoring the problem. They're saying it doesn't exist, and uh, we we need them on board to truly make this an effective program.
0: Well, we have to identify the problem and then hold them accountable. You talked about working with physicians. Uh, Tell us about that aspect.
2: So we have a large uh, uh, medical team at U.S. Freedom Flyers. We work with a lot of functional medicine doctors, uh, cardiologists, and other people who are very uh, focused on the, the vaccine injury space. And the people who are coming forward and who are contacting these folks are getting help, um, real help. I've, I've seen uh, cases of, of myocarditis turn around in about a three to four month period. It's something that, that there are solutions for, but the, the pilot needs to feel comfortable in coming forward. That's why they're contacting U.S. Freedom Flyers uh, rather than contacting their doctor at the FAA um, or even letting their company know about it. And that's what makes this so dangerous. Is so, so many people out here um, are, are afraid to speak up because of the repercussions and we're, we're here to help them navigate through that. We have an entire team that will sit down with them, help them to figure out the best path forward, um, obviously get them medical care and, um, and, and and connect them to other resources um, who can be a benefit.
0: And I think that's such an important aspect of this is that you're not doom and gloom. You are offering people not just hope or hopium but real solutions by putting them in with medical experts that are having an effect. And and really, this can be a life or death scenario. Not everybody survives that first heart attack. In fact, a lot of them don't. When we're talking about strokes, it's even worse because what you have a a permanent aftermath there. Have you spoken to many pilots that have been injured on the the level that is now life changing and they'll never go back?
2: Oh, absolutely. There's there's a long list of those pilots. Some of the ones that are very public are, you know, people like uh, Cody Flint. He's a pilot who actually passed out while he was flying. He has a team of medical experts who have conclusively said that his, um, his injuries were vaccine related. Uh, that was a story that made the media. Then you obviously have Captain Craig Pearson. He was a major airline captain who just hours after his first Pfizer shot, he went into atrial fibrillation. He's never going to fly again. And then Captain Bob Snow is probably the, the most well-known story out there. He had just uh, landed American Airlines 1067 from Denver to Dallas-Fort Worth. Six minutes after that aircraft touched down on the runway, um, Captain Snow stood up to collect his bags, and he collapsed in cardiac arrest. Uh, Very fortunately for Captain Snow, there was a nurse and a Navy corpsman that were on board during the uh, deplaning process, and they were able to bring him back. They had to shock him three times with an AED, and when he woke up 24 hours later in the ICU, he gave me a call, and uh, myself and others from our team, we flew down to Dallas uh, to make sure that, that, doc, that Captain Snow was receiving proper care. We brought in cardiologists and, and other doctors and um, lawyers to to speak with Captain Snow. And, and he's been very vocal and he's pressing for additional testing. As it turns out, you know, he had a subclinical case of myocarditis, didn't realize he had a problem. And his first symptom was sudden cardiac death.
0: Unbelievable. What would you say to those that are still carrying water for the mainstream narrative that would approach you and say, This is all normal. It's not the new normal because of these shots, because that perspective is certainly out there and it's amplified through the mainstream.
2: Well, they don't they don't see that which they don't look for. And that's the that's the that's the problem here is they're they're not willing to look at the issue. They're not willing to look at the numbers. They are um, obviously many of them are being paid. There's large revenue uh, revenue streams we now know that are connected to these shots and um, they, they need to they need to pull their you know pull their head out of the sand and take a look at the real data and i would say talk to the people who have truly been affected people like captain snow i would challenge them to to speak to captain snow cody Flint, or greg pearson or many of the other pilots who've been affected and tell them that their vaccine injuries aren't real
0: absolutely usfreedomflyers.org is the website Let my audience know one more time how they can donate and become a part of this very real fight for freedom across the board that really extends beyond just pilots.
2: Yeah, we're asking everyone to go to the website and click on the Donate tab there. You can learn about us on the website Um, You can also follow us on social media. That's all. That will also be linked on the website. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Yoder. And we put information out there almost on a daily basis, um, informing you about what's going on. Uh, We research the the truth, and then we distribute it. Um, You'll also see many of the doctors that we work with. They're posting on there as well. So people looking for solutions, please reach out to us. Feel free to email us anytime. We don't just work with pilots. We work with anyone who's having issues, who wants help. Uh, We're there for you.
0: You know, before you go, you mentioned social media, and I just have to ask, uh, what kind of a struggle has it been getting this message out through traditional uh, social media? And really, why why is that so important for people that are watching this show to communicate with others person to person via word of mouth to get this out? Because I can imagine that's a tough battle as well.
2: It's a very tough battle, and we do need people to share word with their friends Uh, We're probably one of the most um, uh, uh, shadow banned (laughs) organizations on social media. It's just been incredible. We'll make posts and they'll be taken down, you know, within a few hours. Um, And then obviously the shadow banning that occurs, you know, you can have it, you can have an audience of 10 to 15,000 people and and it seems as if no one sees it. Um, So yeah, we, it's very important that people speak to their friends, share this with your, with your family members, uh, talk about it at work, uh, make people aware of the issue And if they have any questions or you want more information, always feel free to reach out to us uh, via email and someone will get back to you.
0: Josh, thank you so much for joining us. USFreedomFlyers.org is the website. We hope the audience gets behind you. After this, we'll be discussing mRNA in the food supply with our friend Thomas Renz, who's been a crusader against the evils of this administration and beyond and their hate and lies shots. Back after this, it's Making Sense of the Madness.
3: Stand out from the status quo. Let them know you're a patriot with the Patriot Pin. We feature an entire line of 14-karat gold-plated pins, starting at 445. Challenge coins, only $17.45 each. And decals, only $6.45 each. Order now and get a free gift at thepatriotpin.com.
0: We are back. It's Making Sense of the Madness, and now joining me is really one of the most courageous people out there, in my opinion, when it comes to challenging the COVID-1984 nightmare via the government, via Big Pharma. You know him far and wide as Thomas Renz, and today, we're not only going to be discussing those cases, but the fact that now mRNA shots Are entering into the food supply via a stealth maneuver and this administration. Thomas Renz, thank you so much for joining us, sir. Tell us about this mRNA push for vaccination in
5: livestock. Yeah, well, it's actually more than livestock, it's across the food supply, right? So uh, the livestock thing is a real interesting thing. So they're pushing mRNA vaccines for the livestock which creates two issues. One is transmissibility. And two is what sort of health impacts does eating a genetically altered animal have on you? Um, So there's that. But, 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 but one of the things that they're doing is they're really pushing this because some of that is very new. They've been working on growing edible vaccines, since uh, at least the 90s. Uh, I mean, the first clinical trial I was able to find was in 2005, where they grew a hepatitis vaccine into a potato. You eat the potato, you get your vaccine. So they've been working on this. It's not only viable, it's happening. And uh, it ties into Bill Gates' new appeal product. It ties into all sorts of things, but basically what's happened is, is we've been so successful in getting the truth out about these mRNA poison shots, that now people aren't getting them. They're just saying, hell no, you're not gonna screw up my genome. You're not gonna poison me. You're not gonna make me die suddenly. You're not gonna make me another statistic. So now what we're doing is we're gonna try and put it into the food supply because you can't avoid eating. You can skip a shot, but you can't avoid eating. I don't think we were supposed to find out about this. It was supposed to be done very sneaky. There's a legal loophole or two that they're trying to leverage you know, technically, I would say the plain language of the law would would dictate that you should have informed consent. But they're using this legal lo- some legal loopholes and some legal maneuver um, using some legal maneuvering, and they just ignore the law because they don't care; it doesn't apply to them. And uh, so they want to get it into the food supply and give us our vaccines that way. One way or another, they want to control your genes.
0: And that's really the scariest aspect of this, and what I was talking about earlier on. Uh, during this when they were talking about not traditional vaccines for COVID, but no mRNA and vector-based shots that were never referred to as vaccines. And you actually had to change the definition and vernacular of what a vaccine was to consider them vaccines. And even more alarming still, you've talked about the nature of mRNA that can actually change your DNA or genome over time. And even Elon Musk has talked about how if you used enough of it or in the right manner, you could change somebody into a quote unquote butterfly. But to my knowledge, this has never been tested on human beings in any type of clinical trial, even before COVID. And obviously, the studies, when looked at independently, don't show many positive effects of this technology for the populace, do they, Thomas?
5: No. I mean, listen, you know, Pfizer admitted in front of the EU that they didn't even check to see if this assists in in preventing transmission of COVID. I mean, think about this. For anybody that hasn't heard this already, Pfizer, when asked under oath, said, hey, we don't even know if it stops transmission of COVID because we never tested for that. What the hell are you putting in people's arms for then? They actually, they've also said that uh, they don't understand the, the mechanism by which immune response would be created in using this. I will tell you, so here's some new news for you, Jason. So I saw with my own two eyes, and we're working on getting something that I can show you, uh, but we now know that there are tests available to test for COVID antibodies and also to test for vaccine antibodies. Now, why is that important? These are two different tests, and they can determine whether you've got antibodies in you from having COVID or whether you've got antibodies in you from having the vaccine. Why is that critical? Well, it's critical because if the vaccine's going to prevent COVID or help with COVID, the antibodies should be the same as COVID, shouldn't they? I mean, if you're, that's, the antibodies are what, what's fighting against the germ. If whatever that's putting into you isn't going to help fight the germ in the same way that your body would, then it's garbage, but it's not the same. So they can distinguish this. Now, I haven't gotten any good explanation on it. We're trying to find out if there's any legitimate scientific reason for this, but they're certainly covering up the fact that they can distinguish antibodies. Now, we look look at this across the board. We have a 20-plus percent excess death uh, increase uh, across the board anywhere you look in places where their vaccine was given. For a disease that had less than a 1% case fatality rate while they were denying treatment. You have a one, less than 1% case fatality rate, but we're gonna use something, a, a push this vaccine that has created a 20 plus percent increase in excess deaths across the board. Well, that doesn't even make sense. But now, because that 20 plus percent excess death increase has been so effective, if you're Bill Gates, we're gonna put it in your food. You're going to get it anyways. You can go have your salad and then died suddenly.
0: Well, you know, talk about the absurdity of the situation. I'm sure that you saw the clip of Anthony Fauci in the inner city of D.C. But what a lot of people didn't catch in that clip is that when he was talking about the flu and asking the man how many people die of the flu every year, he said about 20,000, although almost nobody died of it last year. Well, that's because they said, that the flu had been completely eliminated which as you know is completely farcical and you talked about antibodies oh, yeah. well they were testing for antibodies prior to the Hayden live shots being uh d- distributed i wouldn't say developed because this mrna technology has been a partnership with moderna and others from for some time but they took people who had tested positive for antibodies and they made Regeneron in the monoclonal antibody treatment. Yet, when it came to the shots themselves, they said that natural immunity didn't exist and never tested for it on a grand scale. That should speak to the rigged nature of this whole event, Thomas.
5: Well, listen, here's the thing that's consistent. If Anthony Fauci's mouth was open, there were lies coming out. Okay, literally everything they've said from the beginning. Masks didn't work. That was a lie. PCR tests don't test for COVID. That's a lie. They they test for, you know, broken down particles of, of what might have been your system. Uh, the uh, social distancing was always absurd. Everything that they said, the vaccines are safe and effective. There's no side effects except for, the, you know, we've got the released FDA document that showed that they expected the side effects and the nine pages from the Pfizer's. I mean, every single thing they've said about this is a lie. Why in the hell would we start believing them? And why would we trust the same people who brought to us every lie on the planet plus died suddenly to protect our food supply? It's insanity. You know, if you if you keep trusting a liar, you're gonna get lied to. I, and and that's what we keep doing as a as a nation. Uh, you know, but the real problem that we're running into is that our elected officials, are far more interested in the money from the lobbyists than they are getting to the truth.
0: Well, and take that money and be silent or encourage the talking points of safe and effective, alone together, et cetera, whatever is being put out there. But as you know, to this day, uh, the vast majority of the mainstream is still pushing this as something that was positive. There are still commercials running Nationally, not only on television, but on radio, advertising for your fifth and sixth booster with no end in sight. Is there an end in sight? You know, you talked about how the general populace is no longer buying into it, but at the same time, uh, the mainline narrative is gaslighting the public.
5: Yeah. Well, they've got to keep it alive to an extent because they're working on their next pandemic, right? So you got 2024, 2025, you're going to see the next pandemic hit uh, unless the schedule changes. And the next pandemic, you know, I don't know what it's going to be. We've heard a lot of rumors about some different things, you know, whether it's Marburg or a new COVID or a smallpox or, I mean, who knows? Who knows, Right uh but we know that the gain of function research is being done in universities across the United States and in you know various labs all over the world. So it is going to happen uh, you know, and I don't know if there's much we can do about it unless we you know we're able to uh, completely shut that down everywhere and even then I don't know. So we're going to have problems going forward for sure and then they're going to need to push their next new generation of vaccine that's going to keep you safe and effective. So, you know, they got to keep this alive and well. And, uh, you know, meanwhile, you know, they're going to continue trying, they're trying to figure out how to save mRNA as a brand. Uh, I, I, that's kind of an interesting thing because nobody wants mRNA at this point. I mean, if you, if you're still looking at mRNA, you're one of, you know, 5% of the people in this world that are so stupid that you're not savable. And, uh, yeah, that, that just is what it is. But, yeah, mRNA is really damaged because it's it's just terrible. And uh, I don't know. I do see them renaming. Right now, they're talking about particle RNA. Talking about RNA plat- tech platforms. You know, various things. But it's all the same thing. At the end of the day, they keep pushing to get control of our genetics, and that's something that we need to be asking ourselves: Why?
0: Well, I'll tell you what, even if there is a rebranding, I want to point out the fact that although the public may not be behind mRNA, even Elon Musk, who, you know, is espoused and aggrandized and worshipped by some, said that the silver lining of the COVID-1984 nightmare is the fact that they introduced mRNA into the populace. And why wouldn't he be happy it was his company, Tesla, that partnered with CureVac to molecularly, biologically print up much of the hate and lie shot we're going to discuss with thomas wrens where his current litigation is on the flip side of this break as well as what can be done about the food supply legally it's making sense of the madness i am jason Burmis in for sean morgan Hey guys, Justin here with the Satellite Phone Store and today we're gonna talk about EcoFlow's solar panel options. Designed for portable power, these foldable solar panels come with a kickstand case for easy transportation, setup, and protection. Each panel uses an MC4 universal connector for wider compatibility and makes it super useful for charging a variety of devices. And if you're interested in making a purchase or you'd like more information, please visit satellitephonestore.com
3: or sat123.com.
1: It's astonishing that experts were not called. To help the country.
3: In the inaugural episode of Focal Point with Alex Newman, Dr. Peter McCullough discusses the impact of COVID-19.
1: If we had no government response and the medical community just faced it on its own, we could have avoided, I think, two-thirds of the hospitalizations and deaths. We never needed the vaccine, so they wouldn't have come out. The entire calamity would have been markedly
3: reduced. Don't miss this historically important interview on Focal Point with Alex Newman, only on ampnews.us.
0: We are back. It's making sense of the madness and joining me is Thomas Wren, somebody who not only challenged the great narrative, but every day is part of the great resistance. And I know that we've met several times now and over the past year plus, probably going on about two years, you've been entrenched in legal battles challenging the COVID-1984 nightmare. Where are we in some of these battles?
5: Still fighting. Uh, you know, the biggest and most important case that we're working on at the moment uh, is still the EcoHealth case. Uh, the EcoHealth case is the case where we, we're suing EcoHealth for creating SARS CoV 2 in the Wuhan lab. And it's interesting because we've been working on that. That case is oh, it was filed probably six months ago. And uh, we, we released a report actually before the 2020, uh, 2022 election. Uh, now, uh, just yesterday, I mean, this was huge in the news. Uh, you know, the Senate confirms they created it in Wuhan. The DoD was involved with funding it. EcoHealth. I mean, hey, I'm glad you guys caught up. They forgot to cite me, though. Nobody in the Senate mentioned me. I mean, you know, they should have sent a thank you note or something since I did all the work for them. But uh, no, that's I'm sorry. Uh, that's that's terrible, but. Yeah, really. It's not, Thomas. It's not. It, it speaks to the ludicrous nature
0: of all of this because, you know, in large part, although you definitely had whistleblowers on the inside of the EcoHealth cl- Uh, case so much of this was already in the public arena just waiting for somebody to go through it collect it and present it in a court of law and the way that you have been smeared in the mainstream media as a kook and a conspiracy theorist and an evangelist is absolutely obscene and absurd imagine if we had 10 more Tom Renzes or 100 more Tom Renzes, we may not be in the dire situation that we currently are in. I'm sorry to interrupt because the EcoHealth case is super important. Continue as to where we are.
5: Well, I, I appreciate that a lot, Jason. I'm going to tell you, uh, the one thing that you do have is you got a Rens that's going to triple down. I'm going to keep doubling down. As long as we got the support, we're going to keep doubling down, tripling down, and growing the movement. Uh, we're supporting everybody we can. I'm grateful for all the attorneys that are jumping in out there now. we got a lot more that are helping fight this. And, uh, you know, we're making progress. This EcoHealth case, uh, you know, I mean, listen, I, 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 I'm grateful for what we're hearing now out of the Congress because, you know, it's not just me saying it, it's them. I, we were right. And what you said is dead on you know, this was, we not only, yeah, we had some whistleblowers and Andrew Huff did a great job of bringing this forward for us and and helping us get the case together. So Andrew actually did an immense amount of work helping us get get this together. So did Pam Popper from Make Americans Free Again, which is a great, great group. Uh, So these guys are all helping in an immense way. And uh, it's been just, it's been a very, very strong case. You know, there's just nothing to really debate. These guys created a disease. It got out. It's an inherently dangerous activity. It's poisoned people. People die. I mean, listen, the case is pretty straightforward. It just it takes a long time to move a billion-dollar case through the courts. So we're doing that right now. Uh, we're going to keep doing it, and I'm eager to see where it goes. But what's going to be really interesting is what the government's going to do with the thing that is being least publicized right now and that is the DOD involvement, right? The DOD is behind all of this, including the vaccine. You know that when you get a vaccine, do you know that, that those vaccines are DOD property? You, they, those are DOD property. You know why no one's actually analyzing fresh vaccine vials? Because they don't own them. They're not allowed to. They, those are DOD property right up to the points in your arm. So, I mean, you know, these guys, the Department of Defense, CIA, DIA, they've been in in this neck deep from the beginning, and they're trying to cover it up because they don't want to take responsibility for this, but it's 100% a DOD thing. So that case is critical. We'll be very, very eager to see where this all goes. I do think that, uh, you know, I mean, we're going to get some justice on this. I think there's, there's a lot to be learned. I look forward to seeing who else we can add as defendants on this case, right? Because, you know, when you file a case you can only file it against the people that you know you can make the good case basis for we were had a couple defendants that i really think should have been on there but we couldn't do it i just didn't we didn't quite have enough to include them as defendants but i think once we get to discovery we're going to find a bunch more necessary parties that need to be added into this case and that's going to be crucial i'm really looking forward to that uh, beyond that, you know, we're, we're fighting a bunch of different cases, uh, a lot of private cases, a lot of employment stuff still, a lot of uh, we're doing a lot of we started doing uh, helping people. And it, there's no expense for this. If you go to runs-law.com, you can you can click on a, a button there and we'll help you get Social Security disability if you've been hurt by this jab. And that's actually a really big deal, because when we do that, we get to learn more about, you know, people who are injured, how many, what's going on. And it doesn't cost anyone anything, right? There's no out of pocket for for that. If you, we do that, uh, the way it works as an attorney is if we apply for Social Security Disability for you, the government sends us a check if we get it. And that's that. So there's no cost. It's a free thing. But what it does is it gives me data and it gives me information that I can use because I can't wait to sue Pfizer and Moderna. I can't wait, I, I, I'm just chomping at the bit for it. So, you know, the more info we got and the more that we've got to do it, uh, the easier it gets to do. There, there's just certain things that we gotta get. So I'm, I'm working on that. And uh, the other, the probably one of the most, oh, I would say time consuming legal things I'm doing right now is working on legislation. I mean, you, you got House Bill 1169, Missouri that they're voting on tonight. Um, and uh we've got a bunch of states we're talking to about some other things we've we've been uh very quietly trying to kill cbdc bills around the country That's central bank digital currency for anybody who doesn't know uh, and uh you know we've had quite a bit of success in some of that And sometimes we can't talk about what we're doing behind the scenes because it would get a uh, yeah, you might get the republicans in trouble with mitch mcconnell because you know he doesn't he's sold out to china so if it's not pro-china you know he'd he come down on you if you're a republican so uh thomas not, on on the other side talk about. The we, we, we got to take a break
0: on the other yeah. side of this break i want to talk about that defense department aspect of it and how it's really shielding uh pfizer and moderna from those type of lawsuits even robert F. Kennedy Jr., who has now announced that he's running for president, has said that this was a defense department project. And essentially, Pfizer and Moderna just slapped their labels on them. This is making sense of the madness. And here to do it with me is Tom Renz. We'll be back after this.
3: Banks are supposed to be the safest placeholders for cash in the world. But in 2022, that changed. The Federal Reserve pulled out $2.5 trillion of liquidity out of the banks. And the Fed also changed the requirements so banks don't need to keep any funds on hand. This means banks are starved for liquidity and have now become very dangerous places to hold your assets. Get out of the system with the world's safest and most private assets, silver and gold. Call Kirk Elliott PhD at 720-605-3900.
0: We are back. Final segment of making sense of the madness with Thomas Renz and Thomas, you were talking about the defense department aspect of this whole situation. Now, I mentioned Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I've talked about the strategic mRNA program in which there was a partnership with Moderna, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and beyond. And we've had other people, such as Peter McCullough, also talking about DARPA recently, as well as, of course, Andrew Huff, your whistleblower. Speak to the significance of that. And I have to ask you, is there a Defense Department aspect to putting mRNA in the shots that are going in our food supply.
5: Well, it, it looks like it. I mean, I haven't, I haven't been able to pull the uh, evidence on that yet, but trust me, we'll get there. I wouldn't, I'd be very surprised if they're not. I mean, they've been involved with everything else. I, they seem to be just hell bent on, on uh, these gene therapy, gene control type things, I don't know. So, uh, but this is a critical thing, right? Uh, the the contracts Pfizer Moderna and everybody else, you know, openly said, "Listen, if you're gonna, we're gonna sell this to you, Defense Department, and you can only distribute it, and uh, you know, where we're protected by the Prep Act immunity. So you not only have the the vaccine immunity, you not only have the the immunity for specifically the COVID vaccines, everything related to COVID, but you also have an additional layer of immunity." because the defense department is only supposed to put these out there under the prep act. Uh, so, I mean, you've got layer on layer on layer of immunity for these guys to put out something that was going to poison people. The thing is, is that we know it was going to poison people. It's very clear. And, uh, so basically these guys knowingly decided to, to collude to kill the American public and everyone else. And I don't know how else to say that. I mean, that sounds like a crazy statement, but listen, this wasn't safe. It's not safe. It still isn't safe. They're they're ignoring the, the principles of informed consent as laid out by Nuremberg and, uh, and within the U.S. Code. And, uh, you know, this is all with knowledge. So it couldn't be done without coordination from the bureaucra- bureaucracy in the United States. Uh, you've got the State Department working on censorship. And the way that they did that was uh, through partnering with with private entities and offshore companies, and having them carry out their censorship. They just funded it. Uh, you've got the the DOJ working on censorship in the U.S. by going, you know, sticking their nose into Twitter and Facebook and everybody else, uh, and and threatening with sec- to remove their Section two hundred and thirty immunity. You've got uh, the the crooked FBI, CIA, DIA everywhere you can find them. I mean. Hell, you got a CIA guy running Anheuser Bush, from what I hear. Yeah, uh, you know, I don't. Yeah, uh, you know, they're everywhere. They they just they're permeating our universe and trying to destroy our freedom. I don't, you know, I, it is sick beyond words. But ultimately, this is what happens when there's no transparency. Our military-industrial complex is not transparent. There's no accountability. Now, you really think they're paying 500 bucks for a roll of toilet paper? You know, everybody hears that old joke. I paid five hundred dollars for a roll of to- toilet paper. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're just funneling money through private accounts and black book operations into uh, private corporations to do the things that they can't legally do as you know people of the government. This is something that that's been around for a while. You know, we've seen some of this. Uh, we're seeing a lot of it related to COVID, but th- none of this would be happening without the DoD, uh, the DoDA, CIA, DIA. Intel community, Uh, they're they're running everything in our government, and through different acts like uh, the Patriot Act, you got DHS, through the use of uh, you know the government, FBI, different groups. These guys are really—it's like they're at war with the American people.
0: I agree, and they created a biomedical security state based in hate and lies. And I would argue they waged psychological and biological warfare on the entire population. So the bottom line is we should all be able to sue them or really hold them criminally accountable. These people deserve to be in prison for the rest of their lives. And I know that you're striving to get that accountability. So, so Thomas, how can the audience reach out and help today?
5: Uh, go to TomRens.com. If you need legal, you know, if you want to get anything there, go to Rens-Law. If you want to keep up with me, see the media, see what we're doing, you know, see our shows, see our, our podcasts, everything that we're doing, go to tomrems.com. Uh, follow us on on social media. We're at Truth socials. Uh, we're on Twitter, We're on everything. We, we, we're all over the place. Uh, we've got a sub stack. I try and put as much out there as I can. Uh, I try to really hit important things there. I, I try not to barrage people with too much, but uh, you know just to, to make sure that the important stuff is getting out there. And uh, the more you can do to back us, the more we can do to fight because we're not, uh, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm doing the same thing I've been doing from the beginning. Uh, you know, the money I get comes in on this stuff. It all goes towards fighting for freedom. So help us share the world, uh, word on this. And if you can, House Bill 1169 in Missouri will provide informed consent. And that informed consent, uh, you know, if they've got any of this MRNA stuff in the food supply, will act to really have, it'll have a huge impact nationally if we can pass this. They've got the committee vote tonight. So I've posted, you know, who to call, where to call. Call away, brothers. And so you mentioned social media. And earlier on,
0: you basically talked about this public-private partnership where social media would do the bidding of the authorities. YouTube openly partnered with the world Health organization for their COVID views, and still utilize them uh, this day to seek out the misinformation and disinformation. How are you faring in the social media wars and battles? Because I think there is this illusion now that Elon Musk has taken over Twitter. There is a mainline alternative. What are your feelings on that? And are you are you getting more traction on Twitter these days?
5: I am getting more traction. Uh, I'm still censored. I see a lot of things that are are censored down. Uh and we're trying to make sense of it. I think listen, I think Musk is generally trying to move it towards a more open platform, but I don't know all of what's going on there. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm a huge Musk fan. I the jury's out on him as far as I'm concerned. We'll see what he does long term. I mean, certainly uh you know, his some of his personal choices seem a little bizarre to me, but You know, that doesn't mean that I can't appreciate the free speech aspects of what he's doing. As as he keeps pushing for that, I'm okay. Uh, You know, I don't want to abandon True Social. I really like that. We use all the platforms. I mean, we're on Telegram and Truth and Getter and you name it. But uh, True Social and Twitter are the two that I use most, and I am getting some traction, and it just depends. You know, the biggest thing that I do is, you know, I try and influence the influencers because my account seems to get... You know, you put a tweet out that should be getting quite a few views and it just falls flat. You can't figure out why. But then as soon as I should let someone else know about it and they put it out, suddenly you got a half a trillion views on it. And uh, it's like, oh, well, uh, you know, I just needed to find someone who wasn't shadow banned. Sounds like
0: shadow banning to me. Thomas Renz, it has been a pleasure. We thank you for your time. As always, this has been making sense of the madness we do it five days a week here at american media periscope i am jason Burmes, in for sean morgan and we'll see you on the flip side
1: very critical juncture, and I think it can go one of two ways, and it really depends upon everyone.
3: There's a whole lot more to these interviews, but you can only see them when you subscribe to AMP Insider.
5: Don't stand alone. Join an association or a union or an organization that is in the fight for freedom. Check
3: out all of the backstage interviews from some of the key speakers of the Nashville Clay Clark event.
2: There's more good than bad in this world and there's more of us than them, so stand up and be counted. We the people, be the people.
3: Use the code AMP888 and get your first month for $1. Cancel any time.
1: If you're supporting
3: the agenda that says that it's okay for grown men to dress up as a woman and then have access to a woman's bathroom, that is wrong. Or go to ampnews.us and sign up for AMP Insider.
4: Stop watching the cable news and get involved at a local level.